Hi, this is Kristen Nettopacta, creator of Skyrim Parodies, and you're listening to the Stolen Droids podcast. Watch out for these guys. They're trouble. Hello, and welcome to the Stolen Droids podcast, episode number 100. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And not only is this a special episode, because we are now in three digits... From here on out, I could say one o whatever, but we also have our good friend Ruff on the line with us. Ruff, say hello. Hello, everybody. So now we can get instant corrections. No, I'm, I'm withdrawing from the correction game. <laughs> but Zook loved them so much. This is the way to do it. Corrections in real time. Now, uh, as longtime listeners of the show may remember, Ruff is our not UK but Australian. So uh, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie uh, gentleman here. Now in the states, correct? You you live on the East Coast now. That's right, just above New York City. And and what is your background? Um, uh, clarify. What do you mean by that? What do I do for a, a crust? Where do you on the night of the thirteenth? Not when you're not being put on the spot by podcast hosts. Uh, what do you do for as a day living? Oh, okay. I'll I'm an actuary, and I'll just leave that hanging out there. If anybody wants to grab that and understand what that means, We're I know what that means. Okay. <laughs> you like stats, don't you? Oh, I hate stats. I like probability. Oh, okay. Uh, it's all the same just... to me, because I hate them both. <laughs> um, no, and actually, um, you'll find them doing insurance. You'll find them doing a lot of other work like that. Uh, it's it's finance. It's probability. It, it is statistics. Um, I work for a, a large mutual um, on the eastern seaboard. Very, very cool. Yes. And of course, because I'm such a geek, I immediately go to don't <laughs> don't quote the stat. Oh, what is it? Don't don't give me the odds. Or wow, I just slaughtered that. Never, never give me the odds. <laughs> Thank okay. you. I, I, I'm a, I'm a halfway through the Wikipedia article right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's get right into our headlines because well, we do have five uh, people here. Hey, I, I got a quick question. So anything rough you need to take us to task on from our last episode where we. You know, Okay. Nothing jumped to mind. I did listen to it. I mean, the email came through and I listened to it straight off. Um, and I wasn't going to give you any feedback. I enjoyed it. Oh, wow. Well, cool. We didn't screw up. That's awesome. <laughs> That's because I wasn't here, wasn't it? <laughs> well, we weren't going to say anything. <laughs> All right. Well, first, I should say hi to our sponsors. Uh, thanks over to our friend over at trekradio.net for sticking with us all this time. Uh, Gene over at kryptonradio.com for helping us out uh, through a lot of our tough times. Our friends over at openbookaudio and stitcher.com for helping uh, distribute us on demand. Also, uh, shout out to our friends over at squarespace.com. If you want a website and you want it fast, and more importantly, you want it to look better than your friends, go check out the guys at squarespace.com. They can help you get set up and develop a new site, unlike anything you've ever seen, unlike any of your friends have ever seen, faster and cheaper than anyone else we've seen. Check them out. Put in the promo code SD2 for Stolen Droids 2, or just visit squarespace.com slash SD. Link will be in the show notes get 10% off their already awesome prices. So, thank awesome. you to all of our friends for sticking with us for so long. Um, we said this in our 50th episode, which seems like forever ago now, and we'll say it again, we didn't really expect to ever get to this point. No. We didn't expect a lot of things, like the fact that we'd actually have more than three listeners. <laughs> 
or yeah. like the fact that we were nominated for a podcast award. Yeah, just uh, got to go to Vegas to be denied our acceptance speech. Now, uh, just for a quick little flashback, episode number one, uh, Saga Begins, we had eight downloads. We had eight listeners. I was one of them. My mother was another one. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um, in fact, I think between the four of us, we accounted for five of those downloads. <laughs> Probably. Well, I, I know I listened to it on the site, and I listened to it uh, on Stitcher when it finally aired on Stitcher. So I don't know if that counted for the, the count. So, but. so maybe six. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so we did only have three listeners. Okay. <laughs> the, the, thanks to you guys, the listeners. You have helped put us up into... Well, we've been in Stitcher's top 100 tech shows now for... Oh, geez, uh, how long while. has it been now? Yeah, since they actually had a top 100 list. And that is all because of you guys, the listeners. You know, we got nominated, we've been able to make huge amounts of contacts, bring you Stolen Droids Presents, and now Squishies Comics and Movies, all because of the listeners. Uh, we do it for you guys, and we, we couldn't do it without you. And it, it, it does amaze us when somebody just walks up to us out of the blue and says, I heard on podcast number 97, what, what, hold on, you listen? <laughs> Yeah. Very cool. And uh, Zana just let me know we are up to number 58 this week. That's pretty awesome. Yes, we're knocking on the door of the top 50. Help us get there. It will make us happy. This I is like, insane. We're going to get to the 50s. How many downloads is 58? Is that like 100? 1,000? <laughs> I, I like prefer 30, not to say. I, I think it's like 13. <laughs> <laughs> um Let's see, on average, and here's the problem, is that Stitcher's list is just on people who listen through Stitcher, and uh. so I don't know what that is overall. Because overall, we usually average around 800 to 1,000 downloads a week, and I don't know how many of those are through Stitcher. There's a bit of a, a, a horrible confession there. I don't actually know how many people listen through Stitcher anymore. <laughs> So well, I don't at know. first, we didn't get any stats from Stitcher. Is that true? Yeah. So yeah. we were kind of blind. We had to make some alterations, if I recall. Yeah. So and Stitcher is great because they worked real well with us on that. Uh, they had some problems with Nerdist with Chris Hardwick's channel for a while, and uh, they've they've been nothing but accommodating to us. They like us, and we like. Well, that. and then and then you accommodate or factor in our our listeners over at Krypton Radio and Trek Radio and. You know, we're it's it's a cool thing. It's it's very humbling to think that you all tune in each week to listen to us. Either you download us or you re-listen to us when Krypton Radio and Trek Radio rebroadcast us, and we've you gotten like quite us. a bit of you really like from us too as well. Yeah, I, I get my feed through iTunes, and I I just Googled my inbox and and a, I could see episode number five, but I couldn't see episode number one. I'm pretty sure I picked it up because I, I have a subscription to your Stolen Droids blog from May of 2009. So I've been around a while. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that's awesome. <laughs> that's before we actually launched the podcast. Oh, well yeah. before, yeah. That's embarrassing. We were writing crap back then. <laughs> yeah, we were like two-hour podcasts. We couldn't, we couldn't keep track of time. <laughs> All right. Well, into our headlines. We do need to get some of this stuff done. Now, confession time again here. I'm going out of town this week. And so while we re 
we're normally record on Thursday. We are now recording on Tuesday. You'll still hear this up on the site on Thursday. I'll delay the uh, the publication of it. But so there are is two full days of things that have happened, and we don't know. So we're speaking our from the past. Major's going to happen. <laughs> well, supposedly the PS4 is being announced tomorrow. Oh, we're going to miss that. Supposedly there's another rise of a SOPA type bill. <laughs> well, that was last episode. You missed okay. that. That's what I get for missing staff meetings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there are some things that have happened that we don't know about, but these are some things uh, that have happened already, even just over the weekend. Uh, and the top of that list is this great video that has hit the web. Uh, Adobe CEO is at a press conference in Australia, and he repeatedly is dodging the question about price gouging the software. Like uh, Adobe Creative Suite uh, costs almost 1400 Australian dollars over there. Now, before we does more, than, yeah, than it does. Yeah. Now, are we talking we, U.S. dollars or Australian dollars? Since he's it down actually there? doesn't matter. Uh, the Australian do- dollar, when I checked this morning, is a dollar three to our dollar. Okay. So, for all intents and purposes, it's about even. And, and I'll get into that here in a second. Before we, it sounds like we're jumping on Adobe's case with the bandwagon. They're not the only ones that do that. Microsoft, Apple, I mean, basically everyone. When it comes to software and technology, Australia kind of gets the short end of the stick. And yeah, some people were, were, were explaining why. that it's actually cheaper for Australians to fly to the U.S., buy Creative Suite, and then fly back. <laughs> now, it's easy to understand. You know, you know, now, Ruff, you're from Australia, so what are your thoughts on this? Well, there's two things going on. Back about 10, 15 years ago, the Aussie dollar was 55 U.S. cents. Um, five years ago, it was 75 U.S. cents. For the last three years, the Aussie dollar has actually been higher than the uh, U.S. dollar. Well, what has And it so been? it's about 105, 104, something like that. So what's going on is the organizations like Adobe have no memory that the Aussie dollar is going up. They remember it at 55 cents when the price was about right. And the other thing ah. to keep in mind is that the U.S. has, what, 300 million people in it? Australia has 22 million, so it's not a huge market, and they can afford to just blow us off. It, it kind of seems like it'd be it'd be fixed easily by just putting an active conversion script on their site. It doesn't seem like it would be a problem to me, being you know being well, a developer and everything. And that does kinda... raise the question too, and I and I raise this innocently because I honestly don't know. When I was looking up the currency conversion, yeah, their dollar is about the same as our dollar. However, their national uh, uh, minimum wage is twice what ours is. Um, their mm. cost of living is more too. A house, like the house that I live in here, is almost six hundred thousand in Australia. Yeah, oh, but that well, doesn't give them reason to charge more for anything. Well, see, that kind of makes me wonder. It's like, no, you can't. Here in the U.S., uh, the cost of living where we live here in Utah is much less than say in L.A. Right. But you get paid more there. But the cost but of software doesn't vary. No, it doesn't. It's the same price. So it's like, I wonder kind of how the general economy of it all ties into it, if at all. Yeah. You know, when I, when I first heard the, uh, the the press conference, the, the CEO kept uh, going back. One of the reporter kept asking him the question. He The CEO kept going back to, well, the future of the cloud and what we want to do with the cloud. Uh, I kind of got the impression that, that maybe... With, with bandwidth issues or whatever, uh, maybe they don't have servers in Australia. Maybe with all that, they they have to 
charge more. Well, because what's the really cloud funny about more, that so. is, is the fact that Australia has notoriously bad internet. I find it very funny that he was there to extol the virtues of their new cloud service when internet there is so expensive and not fast at all. Now, Ruff, I can hear you. You keep taking a breath ready to talk. Why don't you? A couple of things. Um, Some sections of Australia, like Sydney and Melbourne, have very high cost of living. Other sections like uh, Wagga Wagga, uh, Woi Woi, people are going to ring up and complain that I'm slagging on their cities are probably pretty cheap um, so yes New York City Sydney probably comparable from a, a property point of view um, Utah and okay people in Northern, Northern Territory can now ring up and complain they probably might be similar um, and the other last point you made was the internet yes <laughs> my wife tells me I'm not going back to Australia until they get a proper internet <laughs> the the great Australian exodus. <laughs> I remember um, I used to work for an international company, and we had a satellite office in Adelaide, and they paid f- easily four times as much as we did just to pipe an entire office through T1, through 1.5 megabit line. And if that, and when I heard that, I kind of died a little bit inside. It's, it comes back to the Australian mainland's basically the same size as the American mainland, and we've got 20 million and you've got 300 million. Economies of scale just kill us. Yeah. So, is this just kind of par for the course? I mean, are, is I know video games are expensive, software is expensive. Do the Aussies just kind of know that whenever another service comes from America or any foreign com- country, it's going to cost more? Pretty much. And yes, people aren't happy about it, but what can you do? You can only yell so many times. Or fly to L.A. and buy yourself a copy. I I have heard heard of people doing that. You know what? Fly to Taiwan and get yourself a knockoff. That'll show them. (laughs) I've heard of people flying flying diamonds and then flying back home. These diamonds are pretty expensive in Australia, pretty cheap in the U.S., All right. Well, into our next one here. Uh, We're going to skip the second one because I have no idea how to actually talk about it. Uh, But NVIDIA has launched their Tegra 4i chipset. If you don't know what that is, you might want to just kind of tune out for a little bit. But this is a mobile CPU that has LTE and four CPU cores on it. I'm wondering if this is actually a sign that uh, x86 instructions might be closer to dying than we thought. Hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, the x86 is a standard CPU. It's what's in your laptop, in your desktop. It's what's in your Mac. It's it's in everything. Um, embedded devices have ARM-compatible processors, such as the Tegra, the Snapdragon, things like your tablet, things like your cell phone. But devices like, like chips like this are quickly closing the gap between the two in terms of performance, could we be seeing the decline of the x86 this way? Yeah, it's possible. If it can keep up with, you know, our current x86 processors, I I can see them taking over since they can be both in, in high-end desktops and smartphones. I, this, this is a chip that can do almost the same horsepower as a low-end netbook, and it can handle all the processes on a cell phone all in one chip. 
How's the heat on it? Well, if it has to be in an embedded, I mean, you don't have a fan in your phone. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's very low power, very low heat. Okay. We'll start to see these in uh, TV soon, I'll bet. Interesting. And TVs then, are getting smarter and we're getting dumber. And then we'll <laughs> see them quickly out of the TV when everyone realizes it was a stupid idea. <laughs> we will not go there. It's a silly place. <laughs> but, you know, we, we can get dumber because we have the internet in our pockets. So it's it's okay if we're dumb because we can just look up the answers. You use your phone for the internet? I've been playing that uh, Simpsons tapped out game ever since you told me about it two weeks ago. For any background, <laughs> that's for my tablet. For any background <laughs> on what Zoner was just talking about, check out the site. I kind of ranted a bit on the blog. <laughs> All you stupid people posting to Facebook. Anyway, I just lost half our audience. So, uh, you guys remember WikiLeaks, right? A couple years ago? Yep. Mm-hmm. WikiLeaks uh, released all that information on the U.S. government, uh, not just the U.S. government, a lot of governments. And as a result, PayPal, uh, American Express, Visa, MasterCard, they all decided to stop sending payments to WikiLeaks, thereby shutting off the funds, killing the site, really. I believe it's still around, but kind of as a shadow of its former self. Google is looking to use the same model against piracy. And I'm kind of wondering, what's the legality of this? Because they're not... I mean, it would make sense if they were a credit card company, but they're not. They're looking at doing this just to... I have not gone to a lot of these illegal sites. Are they taking PayPal donations and credit card donations to keep the site up and running? Well, they have sponsors like crazy. Everything under the sun. It's like a it's like a flea market. Pop ups for everything, and and that's how they monetize. It's just trying to get you to click on something while you're trying to download. Uh, I don't know whatever you download. And it's probably a fake download button that you're trying to. They're trying to get you to click on. I hate those. <laughs> I hate those. Not that you know, right? <laughs> Not well, that I know. Like, I just I just hear like stories, words. you know. Well, oh, places yeah. like SourceForge and CNET have them too, where you'll go to be, yeah. you'll be downloading a legitimate software, and they'll have this big green download button. You'll click it, and all of a sudden, McAfee's being downloaded onto your system. You're like, "What? They want that?" Yeah, it's got four download buttons. And the art is working out which one to click. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you have to inspect element on the page just to see where the download button is, that's a problem. So, I'm still kind of wondering, though, exactly how ethical is this for Google, a search engine company? Because let's not let's make no bones about it; they're not a finance company. But for a search engine company to be going after their wallets now, the reason Google's doing this is not hard to guess. They're sick and tired of be taken to court, right? They're they're tired well, of having. To I, I was gonna, I was going to say, don't don't people think that Google controls everything anyway? You know, hey, Google, how come you haven't taken that picture of me down yet? The one with me looking like a derp. Yeah. But is really the way to defend against stupidity to try and mess with other people's money? Yeah, I I think that Google's overstepping their bounds here a bit. So, I, I, I really do. I mean, I can understand their desire to avoid being sued... But is it their fault that 
these people are stupid and don't know that they're just a search engine. They're not actually a content provider. I mean, we've talked about it before, but I, I think that Google's overstepping their bounds a bit. Now, I can understand Google maybe dropping them in their in their rankings and whatnot, so they don't come up on say the first I don't know four or five pages, four or five hundred pages of search results, whatever the case may be. Um, but I think going after after them financially is overstepping their bounds. Yeah, I. It must be. It must suck to be the search engine company. You can't control what it is that's on the web, but it's your responsibility to handle it anyway. Yeah. The the second paragraph of this article talks about going after or, or ones that don't respond to legal challenges, for example, because they're offshore. So that means they're going to block anything that's outside of the U.S. You know, I, I caught that too. That's really interesting, isn't it? It makes you sound like it's it's wording it like it's going to be a censorship issue, but I doubt anyone would raise that flag. Yeah. And the, again, the Great it, Wall of Google. I mean, the Great Firewall of Google. Is that what we're looking at? Oh, that's a scary concept, isn't it? It, it terrifying. Especially Which because is why I threw it out there. Especially because when it comes down to it, like it or not, we actually do view the web through Google. Yeah, how many times have we the seen web. somebody actually type in www.blahblahblah.com in a Google bar or in a Google search site? Well, not even that. It's like, okay, browsing Wikipedia. Okay, if I want to pull up a Wikipedia article on, oh, I don't know, different forms of lightsaber saber combat... Yes, the page exists. Yes, I've read it entirely. <laughs> I don't go to wikipedia.com or .org and type it into the search bar. I go to Google, or I use my Omnibar in Google Chrome, and I type in wiki forms of lightsaber combat. I even use Google for stuff I know how to get to. Or It's a crutch, I realize, but it's one we use to experience the web. We do everything through it. So this could have quite an impact. We're going to have to keep an eye on this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of sausage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we haven't had to break out the sausage for a while. Well, you did Phrasing. the last episode. Sorry to... Um, oh, there I go, correcting people. Sorry, won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Need to give Ruff a little little fishing rod to snag Zook with. Okay, now. <laughs> All right. Um, it's come to light, not that this needed to be brought up to anyone, but that China might be hacking the U.S. Might? Yeah, from the, well, <laughs> duh, department of the world. It's actually been tracked now. They know the building that they're being hacked from. It's a division of the Chinese army, and it's been going after different sites in the U.S. infrastructure. You know, power grids, water control systems, uh, traffic lights. You know, the little stuff. Yeah, and China's official response to this was, nuh-uh. We haven't yeah, been doing this. You can't prove anything. Their actual I don't responses. think they've been hacking. I think they've been researching for when they do want to hack in serious manners. Missing our resources. We're not hacking. <laughs> well, we've talked on this show before that this is the next combat 
zone. This is the next Cold War. I mean, we had an entire talking point about when is the general public going to even realize that this is going on? Because, yeah, it makes for a nice headline. It makes for a nice couple things for people to talk about on the news. But in everyday life, people aren't really paying attention to it. Meanwhile, we've got we've talked about cyber Pearl Harbor going on. We're in a cyber war. People just don't realize it. And I don't think they are going to realize it until there's loss of life, in my humble opinion. Mm. Well, and, and uh, we saw something came out last week. I don't think we talked about it on the show. Can't remember too long ago. Um, but the government came out and basically said, we are in an active cyber war at the moment. We are constantly under attack. The, like the government came out and said, hey, this is what's happening. Of course, it, this is what's happening with a lot of stuff redacted, but you know, there it, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I, I it's saw that headline all the time. I mean, I mean that that's why President Obama said he had to do an executive order for more cyber uh, cyber safety. Yeah, I remember that the actual uh, rules of engagement, the warfare rules of engagement for cyber attacks. Now, Zoner wasn't far off when he was joking about China's response. Their actual response was, "We wouldn't do that. That's illegal." <laughs> Isn't China the piracy capital of the world? Yeah, it's like they pirated an entire Apple store. Not like the contents within, like the entire store. People who worked there thought they were working for Apple. How did they? How did they get the? How did they pirate the hipsters? Oh, they—they they come out of the woodwork. All you have to do is okay. like throw up a glowing fruit sign, and they all come flying. <laughs> yeah. just put just put iPhones on the ground, and they'll just all come. You know, it's like breadcrumbs in the woods. You know, birds will all come. It's like, yeah, China. We know it's illegal. That's why we're mad at you for doing it. <laughs> Well, it's not just illegal. It's freaking dangerous for our country. If they, I mean, just imagine if they got hold of some secrets that we may have, like, I don't know, who killed JFK and whatnot. I mean, that could be devastating to the CIA, FBI, uh, communists, uh, mafia, whoever was involved. Teamsters, the Castro. Teamsters, yeah. I mean, but in all seriousness, if they got some of our national secrets, we could see a crap storm like the likes of have never been seen before. Now, I would like to bring up before we move on to the next headline exactly how they've been found doing this. They're called the Comment Crew, which I realize is not a very scary-sounding military name. Um, however, what they do is they go in and they start adding comments to people's blogs or sites or whatnot. And within each comment is an executable bit of code that actually turns things into almost their own style of a botnet. That's why you see a lot of comments that are spam, spam comments. They're capitalizing on a webmaster's desire to be popular, to have comments. Now, we've gotten a whole load of them here at Stolen Droids. I never approve them. I keep them in a spam filter, and I have to go through each one, one at a time, and I deny them all, which is one of the reasons why our comment count is so low. But when I've I go, to do the same thing on other sites, yeah. Yeah, when I go back through my uh, our analytics and the firewall I have in place, night, we receive daily attacks, and they're all from China. Because I mean, obviously, we, stolen droids is a threat to the Chinese. 
military. It, it, it dwarfs all the other ones. And that's really all it is. They're not trying to hack us. They're trying to use this as a springboard to hack other sites. So when you see these other sites that have all these crap comments that are just approved, that's what you know. That, that's where they're coming from. That's why they're being used that way. So, oops. Moving into our next headline. Do we have sausage or yes, we have sausage. Mmm, sausage. I'll run through this one really fast, because there's really not that much to say about it, but HTC has announced their newest phone, the HTC One. It is freaking gorgeous. Uh, It looks kind of like the BlackBerry Z10, only better. Uh, And what's really funny about it is the fact that it has a 4-megapixel camera. I mean, it's top-of-the-line hardware across the board, right? But then they drop the number 4-megapixel. My phone has an 8. I mean, what everyone else here has like between an 8 and 12, right? Yeah. 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 So it's kind of weird that HTC would launch a flagship phone with only 4. But then they explained it, and people kind of rejoiced. See, CCD uh, sensors, which are used in these cameras are limited by their physical size. Most cell phones have a third of an inch sensor. That means that the sensor itself is only a third of an inch square. It has to fit those megapixels onto that sensor. So the more megapixels you fit onto it, it means the smaller each one is and the harder it is for light to get into each sensor. Which is why the higher a megapixel camera, oftentimes the worst low light quality you have it introduces a whole bunch of noise to it. This has been a problem for a long time, which is why a lot of uh, photographers have often decried the whole megapixel war, you know, trying to fit more and more megapixels into cameras, thereby actually making them worse. By only putting four onto the sensor, uh, HCC says each part of the sensor will receive much more light and get much better low-light performance, and early tests show they're right. However, not helping the situation at all, they have named them Ultra Pixels. So is this marketing? It is 100% marketing, because it is basically saying 4 megapixels, but because they do more, they're now known as Ultra Pixels. Here's news for you. They're not doing more. They're doing what they always did. Just someone with half a grain of sense finally decided to design it. But they're doing it in ultra. Yes. You see, these ones, they go to 11. <laughs> so, and now, uh, uh, the HTC One is a sick, sick phone. And if you're on Verizon, too bad. You don't get it. The sick as in good, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh it's it, a, the hardware is amazing. It, 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 really it looks like is. a really good phone, amazing phone. But Verizon, for some reason or another, does not get this phone. So too bad so sad glad I got my galaxy they got stuck with the for HTC resound instead suckers uh, <laughs> so okay. Facebook must be rejoicing because now people won't o- upload 4 megabyte photos they'll just upload 1 megabyte photos yeah this will <laughs> definitely help Instagram now those filters will have a lot more light to work with <laughs> hey. I, I, you ever get the feeling like most of this cell phone hardware is lost on the general population? I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think so. It, there's a lot that's lost on the general population. Well, well, my cell phone's a flip phone. I don't even have a smartphone. Ooh. So 
I was actually going to ask you, is it worth getting a smartphone? Why, why, why do I want a smartphone instead of a flip phone? Um, Question is, why do you not want a smartphone? It really <laughs> well, I, I mean, I want a phone to make phone calls. I have a smartphone because I also use it as an internet access device. Uh, and that, that's, that's the primary reason I have a smartphone and a data plan. Uh, mine is because it is my GPS, it is my internet access point, it is my wireless hotspot for internet, it is also my iPod, and my Pandora slash Spotify appliance. So and your data plan must be huge. <laughs> I have T-Mobile, I have unlimited. Yeah, I've got, I've got well, unlimited plan too, mine's all of the above. Plus, I, I rarely use my phone for an actual phone it's it's kind of funny it's kind of flip-flopped where people don't call me anymore they text me so it's well what was interesting to me is that we actually just renewed our contract and we moved to newer phones and we actually went through and was doing an evaluation of our data plan usage and even with how much i was using it i wasn't doing a lot of streaming i wasn't doing a lot of pandora even though i was doing some pandora i couldn't really use netflix on my older phone I still really wasn't using that much data. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm connecting to a lot of wireless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I lost my unlimited data when I upgraded my phone a few months ago. And I, I used like 0.2 gigabyte per month. I mean, even, and I'm, I'm streaming and stuff, not constantly, but, you know, I stream on it, but I'm constantly close to a Wi-Fi signal that I can tap into. So, I mean, right now the biggest thing that I'm doing that's that's data-wise is I'm doing a lot of Pandora while I'm at work because I really don't want to listen to a lot of my coworkers. So, <laughs> even then, I'm still not even hitting the two gig limit. Now, I'm telling the one thing that I found that I did not expect, but I found that I really loved with my cell phone, is uh, because of the nature of my work. I'm an IT admin. Uh, and at my previous job, I was the only IT admin, which meant I was on call 24-7 for about three and a half years. Uh, I could actually use Citrix or go to my PC or TeamViewer from my phone. So at any point at any point in the day, if there, ever there was a problem, I could immediately remote into servers and get problems fixed much faster than I could otherwise. That is probably more due to a fast network than it is a smartphone, but the smartphone definitely helped. So... I mean, if you if none of those reasons sound at all interesting to you, then yeah, you probably actually have a better life because you're actually able to unplug from being constantly connected. Yeah, well, I I carry a don't hate me for this. I carry a BlackBerry as well, so I can one up you. Uh, when we all worked together, we all worked at a company we can't name here, um, and I was their supervisor. <laughs> you can believe that. <laughs> I I got moved to a different project uh, and they handed me the company phone and then the client's company phone with which was a trio and then the company's clients pager because for whatever reason they had a system that could not integrate with the actual trio even though the trio was totally capable of receiving pages so I had my cell phone I had the company cell phone I had the company's clients cell phone and I had the company's clients pager all of his belt. I looked Batman. like Batman. What a nerd. What it was a nerd. horrible. <laughs> I had problems. And at the time, I, I didn't have enough pockets, so I all had I had holsters everywhere. And I'd sit down in some seats, and the, the seat arms would shear off whatever devices happened to be on the side. <laughs> Batman never has that problem. Well, he doesn't fly coach, does he? 
<laughs> it was it was bad. It was really bad. So uh, I own a smartphone, so I can have all those features in one. How's that? Um, you know what's really bad about Blackberries? That was just found out. You can hack the entire enterprise server with an image. Yeah, that's that's bad news because BlackBerry's whole claim to fame is we're invulnerable, we're secure, and now you send an image to somebody and you can screw up the whole thing. Now we that should clarify the images of Justin Bieber, but <laughs> what it overheats the server? Is that what you're saying? So <laughs> now, what we should clarify, the image in question are TIFF file images. TIFFs are what is known as vector images. They're like PDFs. The, the computer or the server or the phone isn't so much showing you a picture as it is executing an instruction which draws the picture. problem with that is, and we talked about this before with the jailbreak and with uh, other things that people have been doing with PDFs, a, a TIFF image programmed a certain way will actually get executed by the BlackBerry Enterprise server to then serve it out to you. But when it executes what it thinks is an image, it actually is malicious code, which opens a backdoor in the server. Long story short, BlackBerry's only real reason for existing is undone with a certain with a simple image. <laughs> so are they patching this now, or are they denying it, like Apple uh, would, that there's a vulnerability? Or There is no way they can deny it. I mean, <laughs> they're already on their last leg. They're past their last leg. They're on their last toe. I mean, last two toes. One of them's the phone. One of them is BB-10. And if they don't patch this, they... If they don't patch this and patch it fast, I think that's confirmation that they know they're dead. They're well, because that, that was the whole reason a lot of government agencies had these Blackberries was because of the security. That's I'm the reason for their existence. I, I'm wondering if there's... I wonder if this was made by a Chinese hacker then, this, this TIFF file, or this was discovered by a Chinese hacker. Mm, I don't think... It, hmm. it turns out a lot of bored people can hack too, not just the Chinese. It's probably you mean the Chinese are never bored? Although, the guy who wrote the article, his name was Wang Wei. Oh, you sure take it for what you will. <laughs> it Wong is, Wei. yes. Oh. He and his so, brother, sounds a little Chinese to me. He and his brother, White Wei. <laughs> oh, there goes our Chinese audience again. <laughs> I can say that. I'm Asian. It's allowed. Uh, you're the wrong type of Asian. As I what, the American you're not kind? Chinese. <laughs> no, that, no, that means it, I'm the right kind of Asian, Ralph. <laughs> right, but no, I mean, the, don't the Japanese and the Chinese, what's the word I'm looking for, not like Ace? each other? <laughs> oh, we think those dirty little guys are <laughs> great. <laughs> now, to be perfectly honest, I'm actually Okinawan, and the Okinawans and the Chinese get along great, so... That's my only. Yeah. And we're back down on the Stitcher list. I just, I just feel it. I just know it. <laughs> okay. Um, into our last headline. We're skipping another one, which is kind of obvious. Uh, I'll just say it. People in the UK like Windows Seven. Another well, duh. Ninety-seven um, percent of the machines being sold there are new. We're talking new machines are Windows Seven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ubuntu is now coming out for tablets. And they're develop. They are releasing a developer preview this Thursday, 
So if you're hearing us, this means that it has come out. Now, why would Ubuntu be important on a tablet? Well, it'll probably have half the features of your tablet's stock OS, take twice as much work to put on there, and um, you can brag about it. So there you go. Well, you've all, you've also got that awesome luxury of having to install an emulator to get it to run any of your apps. You know what's really interesting? I have hipster friends. I do. I'm not afraid to admit it because they're good. My friends are good people. I'm not saying hipsters in general. And you know what their number <laughs> one operating system is? Ubuntu. I'm not kidding. These are people who have no idea how to operate technology but they all run Ubuntu, and they all tell me how much better it is than Windows and how they're able to do just everything I can do. And it's like, wow, this is this is yeah. the new hipster OS, isn't it? Well, now you can do it to your tablet that you can't afford. You know, the way I see this is uh, Ubuntu is, is kind of doing it right. They're, they're doing it the way that Apple and Microsoft uh, and even Google want to do it. They have a full-blown desktop, laptop OS, and they're putting that exact same OS on mobile devices, something that Microsoft, Apple, or Google have been able to do. And so if they get this get this one operating system across all platforms, they've done what everyone else wants to do. And whether or not it will succeed is another matter, but at least they're doing it. So I, it- I, I applaud them for that. Just imagine, like, the the cries of joy from the hipster community if they could get Ubuntu on their iPhone. Um, <laughs> a lot of shorts will need to be washed. But then, they'll quickly, <laughs> but then they'll quickly find some other, you know, OS to rally around. Web OS, they'll bring it back. What, what's more obscure than that? Oh, oh wow. BEOS from Intel. That's obscure. Let's get a BEOS emulator out. We should just go back to the days of BBS. They were cool before they were cool. Actually, that reminds me. I saw a really cool t-shirt that says, back in my day, the internet went... (laughs) (laughs) We'll uh, we'll take a break now for uh, Stark to wet nap his mic. Uh, and in that time, I want to tell you about our friends over at Gunner. Uh, Gunner Optics are the ones that make those awesome yellow, not not cyborg, but you'll look pretty high-tech wearing them sunglasses. Eyeglasses, I should say. Zoner and I have had a chance to try these out in person. Zoner, have you gotten your pair yet? I have not. In fact, I need to talk to my boss tomorrow about it and say, when do I get my pair? Because I really like them. They are actually really good. I won't lie. I've told I've told you guys before. I thought they were complete snake oil. I thought it was just bunk. I tried them. I want them. They do work. What they do is they help pre-focus your eyes for devices that are within a couple feet of them. Naturally, your eyes want to focus on things 10 to 14 feet away. Uh, your computer is not that far away. And I'll bet you you spend more time in front of your computer or an electronic device than you do things 10 to 14 feet away. That causes strain on your eyes. This helps pre-focus your eyes, cuts out the blue light, and helps your eyes maintain moisture so they're not drying out so much faster. Uh, helps reduce strain. You can use your cafeteria card. They're recognized by most eye insurances. It's great. So go ahead, check them out. Use the promo code STOLENDROIDS to get 10% off your overall amount there. And you get free shipping on anything over $99. So it's a win-win-win. 
Check them out, gunners.com. That's G-U-N-N-A-R-S. Uh, and uh, we actually have some uh, some words now from our friends Stephanie Thorpe and Gene Turnborough of Krypton Radio. So we, uh, we will hand it over to them. Hi, this is Gene Turnbow, owner and station manager of Krypton Radio. Congratulations to Zook Schmitty, Zoner, and Stark. It's the 100th episode of the Stolen Droids podcast. You can hear Stolen Droids every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on Krypton Radio, and we're looking forward to seeing what you can do for the next 100 episodes. Keep them flying, guys. Hi, I'm Stephanie Thorpe, and you are geeking out to Stolen Droids. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting these guys in Vegas in January of just this past year, and I knew right away that they were my kind of people. I have so enjoyed chatting with them and listening to their podcasts. And every 100th episode, guys, you're giving us geeks something to rally around, and I look forward to geeking out with you even more. Okay, and right into our fast lane, which we haven't had for a while. I'll start Triumphant first Triumphant return. Triumphant return of the fast lane. First up, Burger King's Twitter account was compromised this week and started advertising for McDonald's. It also went on to insult known, unknown DJs before it was finally shut down. Jeep's account was then hacked the next day by the same person before he was apprehended. The arrest came easily when the hacker used the at Jeep account to brag to a girl and list his real-life Facebook account, proving you don't have to be a computer mastermind to hack anymore. So, <laughs> hot on the heels of the college degree in social media, a new course at the Duke University is now open. The course in question is only available to women and will teach them how to blog. <laughs> we're not making this up. Now we're just waiting for the college course that will subject, subject students to a semester of shell games. In Salt Lake City, a pair of 13-year-old girls were busted at school after one of them tweeted that they were going to skip class and get high. While in the administration office, one of the parents who was holding their daughter's cell phone received a text message from an adult asking if they were ready for him. The parents said they were, and he arrived at the school, finding the police waiting for him. Rule of thumb, if you're a parent, watch your kids' social accounts like a hawk. And on personal note, my kids have to give me their phones whenever I ask so I can re- read all, any of their text messages. And the Finnish anti-piracy group CIAPC has been reported to the police for copyright infringement by the Pirate Bay. CIAPC, which previously tried to have a nine-year-old girl arrested for not actually pirating, created a spoof website for themselves which heavily parodies the Pirate Bay. Unfortunately, parody is not protected by Finnish law and they are now facing criminal charges. And finally, uh, Google had to pull one of its doodles down before too many people saw it this week. The doodle featured a lowercase g jumping out of the way of it and narrowly avoiding getting killed by an asteroid before jumping back into place. Artists thought it might be fun to create a little something that cheered the fact that asteroid 2012 DA-14 wasn't going to strike the Earth and create havoc. Sadly, an ill-timed meteorite did strike Earth and create havoc, so they pulled it down. In Soviet Russia, space explores you. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I have a bad taste in my ears now. (laughs) Earth metals inside you now. (laughs) Our talking point this week is brought to you by the letters A. No, by our friend Bill Gates. (laughs) 
not usually someone we listen to, right? Not someone we usually even keep in touch with anymore. After those horrible Microsoft ads with him and Seinfeld, was it? Yeah, it was Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I think he kind of fell off the social radar. Well, he's kind of back and in a big way. He brought up this week that Microsoft is not innovating enough anymore. Now, you don't Which know is, Bill Gates is. I, I thought that was interesting because last week Tim Cook came out and said, yeah, Apple is so innovative. So I thought it was an interesting compare and contrast moment here. You know, Bill Gates is a lot of things. You can call him all sorts of things. But one thing he doesn't do, he does not BS. He's, uh, he's very, very sharp that way. Um, he doesn't try and sell it to other people, which one would argue is what made him such a terrible showman. Uh, and he doesn't do it to himself. So it's interesting that he should come out and say that Microsoft is not innovating enough. Uh, he quote, goes on to say, quote, Windows 8 is key to the future, the Surface computer, Bing. People are seeing us as a better search project, Xbox. But is it enough? No. CEO Steve Ballmer and I are not satisfied in the terms of, you know, breakthrough things that we're doing everything possible. Uh, he also says, there's a lot of things like cell phones where we didn't get out in the lead very early. We didn't miss cell phones, but the way we went about it didn't allow us to get the leadership, so it was clearly a mistake. And the more he was talking about it, the more I got thinking about it, I think he's right. Now, I, as people probably have caught on, I am a huge fan of Microsoft. I don't exactly worship at their altar, but I think they make good things. And I think people give them the give him a bad rap unduly but is he right in that they're not innovating enough what what does the panel think here well what what does he want microsoft to do is what i wanted to know i mean is 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 is, is, is if he still has these ideas of where he wants microsoft to go does he need to get back into the ceo business Here's the problem with that is is that Bill Gates had a vision of where technology should be, and unfortunately, real life wasn't hadn't caught up with it. Don't forget, he brought out the Surface computer, the tablet, ten years before Apple ever did. Mm-hmm. More than that, it was like fifteen, and it 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 sank like a rock. No one wanted it because technology wasn't up to where he thought it should be. Windows XP on a touch interface did not work. It was horrible. Uh, capacitive touchscreens didn't exist. So it, it's it's hard to say. I'm sure he would like to see us in his utopian future, but unfortunately we're not ready for it, and the technology isn't ready for it. So I think that even if he went back to Microsoft, it would just be how things used to be with him. Yeah. I'm not sure that innovation is Microsoft's strong point. Um, I mean, if you go well, back, I, if you go back far enough, I mean, if you look at their big products, Excel, it was not the innovation. Lotus One Two Three was, but what? How Excel killed Lotus was the pivot tables, um, Microsoft Word. It was not the first uh, word processor. Word Perfect was, but Word was did some things better. Uh, and I think that's where Microsoft's strengths is. They're not the first into the market, but when they come to the market, they come with a really good product. Hmm. I hadn't thought generally, of it that way. Generally speaking, I agree with that. Vista, um, Windows <laughs> M. 
Uh, <laughs> well, no, 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 no. He, yeah. he's, he's right there. Not just that from uh, Xbox. Xbox is one of their biggest products ever, right? Still to this day. You, you can, if Even if Microsoft was to close the Xbox shop tomorrow, Xbox would still live on for at least a few more years. But they weren't the first to the market with it. Even though their first one seemed like it was such a hit out of the park, they had the years of everyone else's success and failures to build on. So I, you might have struck right on it, Ruff. Yeah, I, I think Ruff is exactly right. They're very good at looking what is going on in the market and where things can be improved upon and then actually improving upon it. And and I think as long as they as long as they remember they're programmers, they're not advertisers, they're not all this other stuff that they try and be sometimes because maybe Google or Apple is. But I, I think that they I think that they're very good at what they do if they just remember what it is that they do. But I think he's right, though. They they aren't really coming out with any groundbreaking technology. You know, you look at Apple and what they did with Steve Jobs and the iPod and the revolution that happened, you know. It's it's not like you're seeing stuff like that from Microsoft. And I, so in, I in that wonder, respect, though, if- I think he's exactly right that they're not very innovative. However, I think that in certain areas they are very innovative. I would say that it's interesting because Apple doesn't necessarily innovate. Don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing on them either. They do a lot of great things. But if we were to compare Microsoft and Apple, Apple almost more distracts you with things you didn't know you wanted to do. Microsoft instead tries to take what you want to do and make it better. Yes. Uh, so in that case, it almost yeah. feels like they're lagging behind the innovation, when in truth, they're just going in a different direction. Yeah. Well, if you look at the evolution of Office, you know, 03, 07, 2010, it's got better and better and better. All the products are tied together better. Um, work has recently, at my work, has recently added uh, Lynx, which is the Office communicator, which ties it all beautifully together. You can chat to people, you can share your desktop live, you can give people various controls and it's I mean Microsoft has just been trying to push towards the community building together and um, they're getting a lot closer to that I think I almost wonder if if like the Googles and Apples of the world hadn't cropped up if we would have been staying the Microsoft course let me explain that a little bit because I realized I didn't really say it real well it seems to me like Microsoft had this grand vision of the future, of where we would be, say, in 2015 or 2020, right? And they've been working towards that goal with certain milestones and certain things we do. And if we everyone had just stuck with the plan, we'd all still be perfectly happy with what Microsoft is doing and at the pace they're going. Then all of a sudden, Google came out, and Apple came back from the dead. And all of a sudden we have touchscreen smartphones that are doing things that Microsoft didn't really foresee us wanting to do. And we have free Office with Google and Google Docs. And we have these web services that are tied into everything that we are volunteering all of our information to. And it's like suddenly we're going on these different paths that Microsoft did not foresee us going on. And now they are reacting, trying to say, okay, let's readjust here. Which goals do we now want for 2015 or 2020? And can we still hit them? Mm. I mean, you look at look at the evolution of IE. IE went nowhere. They were like 80, 90% of the market. 
and they were like stagnant, stagnant, stagnant. Firefox comes out, comes out, and six, twelve, eighteen months later, IE starts to respond. You mean competition is good? Oh yeah, to some degree. <laughs> Need yeah. to tell it to a lot of American companies right now. <laughs> we want to know what everyone else thinks. Uh, feedback at stolendroids.com or leave us, let us know on our. Uh, on our Faceback or Twitter. Faceback? Did I just say that? <laughs> it's the new social media network invented by Zook. Faceback. Don't ask. I, that sounds like a porn site. Anyway. It, it's still better than Friendface. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get into our favorites here before we completely run out of time. Uh, f- first off, I found a interesting map. Uh, it took the most often things that are stated about if you go to Craigslist and you go into the personals there's a missed connections where you can post that oh I saw you across the way at the coffee shop and I was too scared to say hello you were this person if you ever read this just I want you to know this is who I am and I I thought you were really nice looking it's weird I won't lie it's odd for people to do that well they do it a lot so someone took the stats and said, okay, well, who does it the most? And if you do it the most, then the word is bigger. And what is the most common place people are missing each other? Here in Utah, college campus. Not surprising. <laughs> uh, Nevada, which is the largest uh, casino. Arizona, strangely, LA Fitness. Is California. LA? Uh, California, 24 hour fitness. I like how Oklahoma's is the state fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like how the whole South is Walmart. <laughs> and Not Montana. Just the South. It's Montana. It's Idaho. It's South Dakota. It's New Mexico. <laughs> it's Ohio. Yeah. It's <laughs> Ohio, yeah. <laughs> I did not realize that when I picked this. Everyone is missing each other at Walmart. <laughs> North, North Carolina. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Oh, poor Alaska. They can't even get a Walmart. They just have Superstore. New Jersey, everybody's missing <laughs> each other on the train. And Nevada's at the casino, of course. Yeah. Kansas is just McDonald's. Everyone's at McDonald's. Now, you think this one would have been Texas, but South Carolina is the football game. Interesting. Huh. Georgia Who's is the, the car. Oh my gosh! I didn't even see that at home. Is that that's not Indiana? I that is Indiana. No, Indiana's next door to it, at, on the train. Is that is that Illinois? Train is tra- train is Illinois. Indiana is at home. Oh, you're right. I saw you at home. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Indiana has a high amount of stalkers. Check your closets. So anyway, that's my favorite for the week. Close your curtains tonight. Rhode Island is the parking lot. (laughs) Oh no. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's how Rhode Island is, the big parking lot. (laughs) Okay, so my favorite of the week comes uh, on the, probably the tail end of the Harlem Shake uh, meme. Uh, a coworker of mine made this awesome HarlemShakeAfire.com website. You go, uh, 
you open up this website, you put in the URL of any other website you want to see Harlem Shakeified, um, and then it opens that website and starts moving the images around on the on the uh, on the page with the Harlem Shake music in the background. It's pretty hilarious. So check it out and uh, shout out to uh, Aaron Crowder who who did it for us. So awesome. I had made my dodge roll on the Harlem Shake thing, so... Alright, so my uh, my favorite is from our good friend Stan Lee. Um, Stan Lee has decided to team up with How It Should Have Ended. And he has now made his own videos of how he thinks certain movies could have should have ended, and he's called them Stan's Rants. And some of these are hilarious. Uh, go check them out. You may agree with them, you may disagree with them, but it's one of those, oh, you know, I hadn't even thought about that way. (laughs) So my favourite was uh, a collection of, I think they're Canadian um, pranks on TV. Um, The the video goes for 20 minutes, but just watch the first two minutes, especially the the guy's reaction at uh, 1 minute 24. Um, Basically, it's about um, girls and boys (laughs) setting each other up, and it's, uh, it's quite humorous, very funny. And <laughs> my favorite for the week is probably more appropriate for the scam show, which you can hear on our website on Mondays. So However, I'm, I'm taking it. Conan <laughs> O'Brien has released the first trailer for the upcoming Star Wars spin-off films. Uh, apparently, this one will focus on Yoda and his desire to be a star football player at Notre Dame. Uh, the title of the film will be <laughs> Yodi, and <laughs> it's just it's just Conan O'Brien awesomeness. That's all does, you need to know. Conan O'Brien awesomeness. Does does he does he lie down in the middle of the road? <laughs> I don't. I, I, he floats don't over the road. So. I missed that okay. reference. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that is our that's our 100th episode. Uh, from here on out, I get to say episode 101 or 102 or I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to have to think about this. What should He's I say? say? Let me know. Yeah, let me know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Uh, let us know what you think. Is there anything else you want to hear? Uh, again, special thanks, Ruff. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank no you for sticking with us all this time and keeping us in line. You're a true friend. <laughs> uh, until next time, though. Cheers. Never line. One to beam up. Good day. Have a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs>